TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Welcome to Romans 12. We are in the doing section of Romans. Romans 1 to 8 is about salvation. How do, Why do we need salvation? How do we get saved and the benefits of salvation? 9 to 11 is all about Israel and how does that work and how, do, how is Israel and how we are joined, Gentiles and Jews, and what, is, what does that look like? Now in Romans 12, he starts with therefore. And TYB On The Run, I want you to notice the different language because Paul has told you the benefits, what you have in salvation, how you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ when you confess with your mouth the beautiful moments in Romans that we've wrestled with and he's saying now therefore do something with it so let me read over you Romans 12 therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, from form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil. Uh, overcome by, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one who in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for rulers, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. 
They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of, the, of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Oh, TYB, I did it again, didn't I? I kept going, chapters 12 and 13. The reason I kept going was because context, context, context. I have heard these preached out of context. And Paul is beautifully saying, therefore, he's saying, because you have these benefits of salvation, because you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, eternal life, you have been saved by grace because you didn't earn this salvation. This is why it has to do something in you. He's saying, therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He's saying this, he's saying, we don't we don't stop and say, well, I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, so I don't have to do anything because I'm not saved by works. That's not what Paul's saying at all because Romans 12 to 15 are the very pinnacles of there has to be legs on your salvation. You have to love because of the gift and the mercy that God has shown you. You will be so joy-filled. You'll be so happy. And can I say the list that he did there, the the, the benefits uh, so the outworking of your salvation is done not out of works or out of trying to be a good Christian or out of, oh, my gosh, I have to do these because the Bible tells me to do it. It's not out of that. It's out of this first moment. Again, Paul will make a statement and then he'll, he'll back it up. And he says this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You do these works not out of works but out of worship. That's what he's saying. He's saying, therefore, I urge you, because you are saved by grace, you will not stop loving one another. And and he lists them. Let me show you. I love this moment where he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Why? Because the pattern of this world does things for money or does things for benefit or, you know, I'm only going to help you if you help me. I'm only going to scratch your back if you scratch mine. He says, don't conform to that. Don't live like that. He says, Renew, be transformed by the renewing of your mind is, is scriptural. I get it. And it's, it's reading the word. So it's, it's scriptural, but he's saying live differently. Live, live like you are blessing and loving and encouraging one another. Why? Because God has been merciful to you, not out of a need to have something back. He says then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is good, pleasing and perfect will. He's saying when you live this out, when your mind is transformed by the word of God, when you are completely have a revelation of your salvation, 
celebration. You are so excited about what Christ has done for you. Out of this beautiful worship, you will live a life that will be that you'll know God's will. Good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love this. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone, if you do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, he's saying, because you were saved by grace, the, the outworking is the, of this is sober thinking. You don't think of yourselves more highly than you thought. You don't judge another person. And he says, in one body, there are many members. He says, you, you start to realize that you're not all that, that there are some people there called to teach and prophesy. There are some people called to serve. Did you notice the same language? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Um, if, if it's serving, then serve. Can I say also, guys, don't take this out of context. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. I hear some people teach and say, well, you know, some people don't have strong, strong enough faith. In accordance with your faith means that, means that, you know, some prophesy differently. No, 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 no. Don't take it out of context. What he's saying is, way back then, because you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, prophesy. Out, the outworking of that. It's got nothing to do with rank and order of faith in there. He's saying, um, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. He said, if you've got enough of faith to prophesy to a nation, then go for it. I love that sense. If it's serving, then serve. I love this moment. If it's giving, then give generously. Out of this abundance of gratefulness of what God has done for you and through you and the benefits of salvation, go for it prophesy, give generously, live a life that is worship to God. And then he says, love must be sincere. And he kind of gets a little bit nuts and bolts here. He says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. He's saying, guys, don't, don't let your don't you let your zeal go. What is your zeal? Your zeal is your passion. Your zeal is your motivation. Your zeal is sometimes in Christianity, we just do things Originally, we were so passionate about it, and then it becomes a role, and then we just do it because we've already always done it. He's saying, don't, don't, don't let your zeal go. Don't let your passion for that thing go. Even if you get hurt or discouraged, do not let. And it says here, do not let your zeal go. I love that moment. Um, but keep your spiritual fervor. That's that's that fire inside of you, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Can you hear these? one statement and, you know, practice hospitality, be faithful in patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. It's almost like he's listing the criteria. You imagine the person describing this going, this is great. This is like a list of to-dos. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. You're getting very creative and poetic here. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with position, people of low position. This is very Roman. Remember, we are writing to the Romans. And he says here, don't be proud. Oh, my gosh, that would have been so hard for the Romans. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been probably the most, the hardest one here. You know, he's talking to the Romans and he's saying, don't be proud because they are very proud. I mean, when you have Roman citizenship, you rule the world at this time. Let's be honest. And he says, but be willing to associate with people of low position. He's saying there's equality across the, all the whole thing. So, so he says, do not be conceited. Uh, you can imagine the Romans getting this and this is really hitting to the core of their heart. Um do not repay anyone for evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Oh, this word peace packs aroma. Only Rome being brings peace. And he's saying, 
live at peace as much as you can. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. He's saying, you know, God will take care of it. Don't, 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 don't seek revenge. Just trust in your God and know that your God will take care of it. And then he talks about submission to governing authorities. Now, guys, this Romans 13 is quite um, controversial because it's very hard in today's society, you know, reading this, that we're submitting to to governing authorities that are that are abusive, and he talks about submitting to them as even though they're abusive. And some people say, "Oh, Romans thirteen, I just don't, I don't understand how Paul can say that I've got to submit and pay taxes." And but don't you know the government? And you know, I, I think in this beautiful essence of respect and beautiful essence of being so grateful for what you have, he's saying, guys. Know that God is across everything and God is across the governing authorities. And even though here he says, let everyone be subject to government, for there is no authority except that which God has established. That is a huge call. And especially in Rome, I think, you know, what what are we? We're probably just about to hit Nero's day and this letter, oh, my gosh, and Nero was the most psychopathic um, governor Uh, This incredible moment, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. This is a hard scripture to wrestle with today, and I understand that. He says, for rulers hold no terror for those who do what is right. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. He's talking about submitting to authority and doing the right thing um, because that, that out of that beautiful essence of grace, out of that beautiful essence of, of honour and, and worship, he's saying not just of honour of God, not just of honour of, of, of a God figure. You, you don't go to church and honour everything in church and then you are abusive and rebellious in the rest of your life because, you know, of the authorities over you. He's saying this permeates every area of your life, Christians. And he talks about them being God's servants. He says, therefore, it it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also a matter of conscience. Can I say, when I read history about what the Christians went through under Nero, there is no government that is that bad. They, They got eaten by lions and thrown into to the Colosseum and they they just went with this beautiful essence of grace and love and they didn't attack and they didn't come out in hatred because we wage war not as the world wages wages war. That's almost like a WW. We don't we don't rage with anger. We we love and love is so much more powerful than anger. And I know today that's hard to say, but Paul is saying here guys, submit. This is also why you pay taxes for the authority of God's servants who give their full time to governing. And he's talking about Rome. This is quite amazing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes if revenue. This is huge in Rome because Rome was very well known for their taxes. Then he keeps going. Let no debt remain outstanding. Can you feel that he's really getting Christianity and this essence of grace and salvation into the nuts and bolts of your life? He's saying don't segregate your Christianity. Your Christianity is across your submission to authority. Your Christianity is in your debts that you owe. Your Christianity is in the way you speak. The Christianity is in the way you live. And he's not separating your life from your Sunday life from your weekday life. He's saying it should be all one. What you look like on Sunday is how you are integrous during the week. If you are a different business person, Monday to Saturday, and on Sunday you turn up to be a Christian, Paul's like, game over. No. He's saying what you are is essence of the very being of everything that you do. And then he gets into the really the big nuts and bolts. He's like, 
Guys, everything is summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. This is really the whole pinnacle of Romans. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles. And when he says love your neighbor as yourself, he's not just talking about loving people that maybe you know, didn't mow your lawn one day or or maybe, you know, how you've got a fence issue with your neighbor or maybe they play their music too loud. He's saying not talking about that. He's talking about neighbors who have killed each other. <laughs> He's talking about neighbors that would have hated one another. And this isn't just neighbors, physical neighbors. This is love the Jew down the street. Love that person. He's saying love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Cheeky pun. Uh, he's saying if you want to, Jews, if you want to talk about fulfillment of the law, then it's love. And he's talking to a church that is divided. Love Christians. Love all Christians. Imagine if I put that there. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love all Christians. Love anybody. Love love Muslims. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is a huge commandment. And sometimes we take it too, too small. Oh, I'll love, you know, that person I'll love that person, but I definitely won't love that person. If you have a caveat on the person that you're going to love, that's probably the person God's talking about that you need to love. And then he says, and do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come. He's saying, guys, the reason that I'm stirring you in this Christianity, the reason I'm stirring you in this gospel message, the reason I'm stirring you to act is because the day is near for Christ's return. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. This is so poor. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in carousing, drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, not in dissension, jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. My gosh, this is a New Testament summary of, of the the, the um, gospel, the letters of Ephesians and Philippians and talking about flesh and spirit and Galatians. And, oh, my gosh, he's summarizing it all in this beautiful thesis paper. But what he's saying is this, your Christianity and your gratefulness for Christ permeates everything that you do. It permeates your business. It permeates your your family life. It permeates your everything that you do. When you go into the shops, you're not that horrible Christian woman that's judgmental. You are the essence of love to everybody. Sometimes I hear Christians so judgmental and sitting on their, you know, their soapbox and, and Christianity here, he's saying everything that you do. Therefore, because Christ has done so much for you, you outwork your Christianity in worship. So I hope you've loved Romans 13. It's an amazing 12 and 13. It's the legs of our Christianity. It is everything that we do. He's saying, guys, you are a living sacrifice. Offer your whole being to Christ as true and proper worship. And that means your business life. That means your family life. That means he gets into the nuts and bolts of your your sexual immorality. Everything that you are should permeate worship to Christ. So I hope you've loved studying this with me, guys, and we'll continue in Romans next.